tonight I want to speak on uh, well the message is titled the joy thief the joy thief Father we just ask that your Holy Spirit will speak to us tonight and encourage us from your word so we can stand strong in Christ thank you Father thank you Holy Spirit in Jesus' name, amen. You know, most of the time when we study the scripture in John chapter 10, verse 10, the thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Uh, many times we're thinking, well, he's going to be coming at my family, my property, my finances. But I want to let you know that what we'll be talking about tonight as we study the word of God, you begin to realize that this is one key thing that the enemy wants to take away from you. The joy. I call him the joy thief. He wants to get that out of you. And as we study the word, you begin to realize that there is a work, a special work of grace that the joy of the Lord, notice it's called the joy of the Lord. There is something that is accomplishing in your life, in my life, that we are not totally aware of. And when it's out of our lives, things will not go bad. I mean, will not go right. So the enemy wants to come at your joy with, from all angles. And once you lose your joy, you're defeated. He's got you where he wants you. So we're going to talk about that. The Bible talks about his joy and our joy. His joy and our joy. In John 15, verse 11, it says, These things I have spoken to you, whatever he was saying, these things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you. So, everything that Jesus was saying, and remember what Jesus said, I don't say anything except I've heard the Father saying the same thing. So, he's telling us about his joy. He's speaking to us, and the purpose for his message, whatever he was saying to us, is for his joy to remain in us. So that tells you his joy remaining in us is very important to God. And if it's important to God that his joy remain in you, you better believe it is important for your life. It's really important for the good of your life in your Christian work, in the work of God, in your life, and in everything, your destiny is good for you to have that. So Jesus said in his word here, these things I have spoken to you, that my joy, notice, my joy may remain in you, and that your joy, so you have his joy and your joy. Until you have his joy, your joy is not full. So joy is very important. I have to retain God's joy in my life. And so Satan is after this thing. And Jesus said, I'm speaking all of this to you so that out of it, you will draw to keep my joy in you, remain in, in you. You need that. I need that in my life. Is his joy your joy? Also, in, in the high priestly prayer of the Lord Jesus, this was right before he went to the cross. And Jesus started praying to his father. Before he probably went to Gethsemane to pray, 
uh, he was saying this in the presence of the disciples. And this was when he was actually praying for the church that was going to be born. He was praying to the Father for the, those that already believed that were already part of the kingdom and those that would come not of the, the people of Israel to become one part. And this was his highest priestly prayer. And in his prayer, he also mentioned joy. He says in, in uh, John 17, that's where you find that prayer, verse 13. But now I come to you, and these things, again, he's talking about these things, I speak in the world. So he already told you, these things I am speaking to you, that my joy may remain in you. Now he's saying to his father, these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. So it's very important as you put scriptures together, you know, there's something about the joy of the Lord. If Jesus would praying about this now in the new century version it says i am coming to you now but i pray these things while i am still in the world so that these followers can have all of my joy in them so he wants all all that he was saying his prayer i'm praying this to you i want them to have my joy not your joy you have your joy his joy his joy combined with your joy will work miracles in your life. And so I have learned in my life, things will come at me from every angle. And I'm beginning to realize it's just to get me off so that I can focus on those things and I lose my joy and then I'm whipped. Your prayer going nowhere because you're down. Your joy is gone. So we'll talk about that later. How can we have fullness of joy? Jesus said, through the things that I've spoken to you. The words. These things I've spoken to you so that my joy will remain in you. That's saying you're looking at of what's going on. You're looking to what Jesus is as where you're edging. That's your hiding place. Once you focus on that, you can retain your joy. But once you begin to focus on the things that are happening around you, away from the things that Jesus has spoken to you, you lose your joy. And I believe when you lose your joy, you've been defeated. Not in the war, but in that battle that you're fighting. You have been defeated. You win the battle maybe later, after you learn, but in that particular battle, at that time, you're losing. Jesus said this in John chapter 16, again to emphasize the fact that joy, the joy of the Lord in our heart is so important. Do whatever it takes to retain it. When it's going down and you know you're not having that joy with no peace, find a place to pray and get back that joy and that peace coming into your life. John 16 verse 24, he says, Until now you have asked nothing in my name, Ask, and you will receive that your joy may be full. Again, he's talking about the fullness of joy in our lives. God is aware that when your needs are not met, you have fullness of joy. So he's telling you right now, telling you from his word, he's his will for you to have fullness of joy. 
And if there's something that is making that to be diminished in your life, he is willing to provide you with whatever it is that is taking away that fullness of joy. He says, ask. No condition. Ask so that you may receive. If that thing is taking away your joy, just ask. We have a hard time believing. It's not just you, me. We all have a hard time believing in God. But we need to believe in his love. That he loves us. And there is this thing that he calls his joy. His, the fullness of joy that he wants us to have in our heart. And there are other issues that are coming against this joy. And we must believe him, pray to him, receive from him, so that our joy may be full. We need that. We really need the joy of the Lord in our life. And you can read through all the way from the Old Testament to the New Testament. The joy of the Lord. So I really believe firmly that whatever is happening in your life, whatever Satan is throwing at, throwing at you, he's after one thing in your life, get rid of that joy. You don't feel like going to church. Not just you. How many have felt that way because of things that have come against you? You know, I mean, you're aware that this is where your deliverance comes, huh? But you've lost your joy. You don't feel like going. Guess who is behind it? The enemy. The enemy. So we need to do whatever it takes to retain that fullness of joy. And Jesus said, ask. Now, in, in uh, New Century Version, I like this version, so I keep going on to it. This is going back to it. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask, and you will receive. Ask, and you will receive, so that your joy will be the fullest possible joy. That's what God wants for us. He wants us to have. How important is joy? Uh, when things go wrong, or maybe you've done something, and, and, and that joy is no longer there, uh, and you're really hurting, even in the time of repentance, you are really in a weak position. You're very weak. They were building the uh, walls with Nehemiah, building back the house of God. The people, as they read the word of God, they figured we have really sinned. They were doing all their best to get back to God. And then they discovered from the reading of the word that they've really gone so far from God. And they were very sorrowful. They wanted to mourn. That's what we like to do when we feel like we've done something wrong before God. We feel like we need to really beat ourselves down really mourn before God. But this is what the word of God says in Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10. It says, Then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to those for whom nothing is uh, prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow. That's what they wanted to do. Do not sorrow. For the joy of the Lord is what? Your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Is my strength. Even though you want to sorrow before God because of the sin, really what brings you strength in the Lord is joy. The joy of the Lord is 
your strength. And I, you know, I've wondered, we'll come into it later, what does this mean? You mean I'm going to feel like Samson? <laughs> Move stuff around? The joy of the Lord is my strength? What does this really mean? We'll come to that. But more important than that, that the scripture, just strength, let me show you something from the word of God. Isaiah chapter 12, verse 3. It says, therefore, with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. How would you draw water from the wells of salvation? Joy. With joy, you draw water from the wells of salvation. Notice we're talking about wells of salvation, not just one well. There is well to, there's a well to take care of financial needs. There is another well to take care of your family needs. There is another well to take care of your relationships. There is a well of salvation to bring deliverance into your life. There's a well of salvation to be able to live right before God, to please Him. There is well for everything that you need in life. But the only way to draw from that well of salvation with joy. So when you have lost your joy, you can't draw anything from the well of salvation. Nothing is coming to you. That's why I believe the enemy is always fighting us with issues, things, bills. Trouble. I've been, a lot, I've been in a lot of trouble this past two weeks. The air conditioner in this building. I mean. <laughs> you know, if you think about it, fixing air conditioners for the, few, for the past two weeks. I was even here today on Sunday. You remember what happened on Sunday? That could steal your joy. You're wondering, why is it always happening on the day of service? To steal your joy. <laughs> And then today, I thought I got everything fixed. Today, Pastor Andy called the air conditioner in the small uh, trailer is broken. So go back to church and get it fixed. Am I really sure I will be able to get the air conditioner man to fix it before service? What are we going to do? To be frank with you, I was really irritated by that call. No, okay. What's going on? I asked Pastor Andy. What's going on with this air conditioning business? You know? Why do we have to continue to fix air conditioning? We fixed the one back here, the big trailer, two, three times. And then this one today, the small trailer. All of those things are just in my mind to get you distracted and make you feel like maybe something is amiss and God, God is not happy. No, no, no. He wants your joy to be gone. And then you begin to wonder if God is against you. Why is it happening? Well, I recognize who is behind it. That's why it's always happening on the day of service. Amen. So what should I do? Return my joy. Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Those things happen to steal my joy. And Jesus prayed to his father that my joy may remain in you. That your joy may be full. Because that's when you can draw from the wells of salvation for your life. The well of healing. When you're sick and you're depressed and always complaining, you can get the most anointed person to pray for you. You cannot draw from the well of healing. 
because you're already feeling hopeless. I want to talk about some of the things that can actually steal our joy. I already mentioned air conditioners in, in, in <laughs> during the summer can really steal your joy, I'm telling you. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Well, they might as well live in Nigeria. <laughs> well, yeah. But it can really irritate you when there's no light and your air conditioner is gone. You lose your joy. I mean, think about it. Uber and air conditioner. You feel really bad. You're thinking about the bill. These are the things that will rob us of our faith. Now, let me ask you this. If you're waiting to hear from God and the air conditioner is irritating you, do you think you hear from God that night? Probably not. Or you're thinking, it's air conditioner, air conditioner. Well, well let's, go for, let's go beyond that. <laughs> Oh, you guys quit it. <laughs> okay. What things could actually steal our joy? First thing is sin. Uh, that's obvious. For the true believer, sin will cause you to lose your joy. It's just normal. God will forgive the sin. But when your joy is gone, you are vulnerable. And you know who recognized that in the Old Testament? David. David knew how vulnerable he was. After sin, he had lost his joy. I don't know how long it was before Nathan, the prophet, spoke to him. But he knew David had forgotten. He was doing his business as, as the king of the country. But when he was told, he knew he had lost something in his life. And things were not well with him. And he was crying out. You know, if you've ever read Psalm 51, he was crying out. And one of his heart, heart's cry was for the joy that he had to return back. He was in concern about being king. He wanted God, the joy of the Lord. He cried for the Holy Spirit. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. But then another thing he cried for was the joy. Let me read to you uh, Psalm 51, verse 8. Very important that we retain it. When the sin, confess the sin so that the joy of the Lord can return to your heart. Ask for forgiveness. Move beyond it. Believe in God's faithfulness to forgive. He will forgive. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us. Not only that, but also to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We do fail from time to time, but Go quickly go back to God. Receive forgiveness. Don't beat yourself down. Don't keep retaining sorrows over it. God's already paid the price. That's not saying to rejoice because God can forgive me. I'm gone. I'll go back again. No. You believe God that he has forgiven you. You forgive yourself and move on. If you can't forgive yourself and you continue to sorrow over it, you got pride. Because you think you got some strength in you and you're relying on your own strength. And it won't work. You continue to fail. But you trust in God for forgiveness and for him to cleanse you 
from all unrighteousness and to keep you holy is faith. But what the enemy will want you to do is focus on this thing and keep you down. Losing your joy totally so he can continue to operate in your life. As long as you're down, sin will beget sin. But once you forget, for, you're forgiven and you believe in forgiveness from God. Not in you, but for God, from God. Because he is good and he is our father. He, he gave his son if, while we were yet sinners. So we know he can forgive us. We are his children. And then we can move on. And let his joy flow back into your heart. David cried, make me hear joy and gladness that the bones you have broken may rejoice. Did God break his bones? Absolutely not. Not in the physical way. But because of the sin, he felt like that. And David said, I want to hear joy. I haven't heard it for a while. I need to hear. Make me hear joy and gladness that the bones that you have broken may rejoice. Then verse 12, it says, restore to me the joy of your salvation. I need that. So that means you can be saved. Still saved, but you've lost your joy. Saved man without the joy is no good. <laughs> you need the joy. You need salvation plus joy. You, we have to have that. And if sin is the cause, then we need to ask God for forgiveness. This will cause it to happen. The next thing, and this is not all of it, is tr- troubles. Troubles. The trials, difficult situations can cause us to lose our joy. Not sin, just tough times. Difficult situations you don't understand. You get through one, another one comes in and you begin to wonder what's going on. These things could lead us, uh, can make us, you know, lose our joy. And before long, we begin to feel hopeless because we just don't know how to handle the situation. And once you start feeling hopeless over the situation, he's got you. You don't know. You're confused. There is no joy. You're hanging your head down. Satan has got you. But look at what David said in Psalm 42, verse 11. He says, Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God. No matter what's going on, hope in God. Don't allow your soul to be cast down. Don't lose your joy. Don't allow troubles to make you lose your joy. You don't know how God is going to serve it, but solve the problem, but continue to trust God and don't lose your joy. Rejoice. Praise Him. Do whatever you can to retain that joy. Why are you disquieted within me? He was speaking to himself. Hope in God, for I shall yet praise Him. The help of my countenance and my God. You see, God is the one that gives you that bright countenance. And that can influence everything that's happening around you in your life. Bringing favor. But once you lose your joy, it's hard for people to be around you. You depress them. Make Just to sit around you and listen to what's going on. We need to retain our joy. Third thing is anxiety. 
anxiety uh, is based on things that we believe is going to happen. And we don't really know if it's going to happen. We just believe that it's going to happen based on the little we know. The enemy magnifies this thing and tells you, uh, maybe you can't pay your bills, you're having a hard time paying your mortgage, and he's telling you already, forget it, you've lost your house. And you begin to worry. Many things that we worry about never come to pass. But we magnify these things in our mind, and Satan will keep ministering to us, telling us how bad things will get. And in so doing, we just we lose our joy. There is no faith. All we have is hopelessness. We don't know how things are going to be solved. Anxiety can really be a problem. And what God tells us in Philippians 4, verse 6, he knows that this is going to be a problem. He's going to make us lose our joy. He says, be anxious for nothing. It's easier said than done. Amen. Because I find myself in the same thing. How can you say I, can, I shouldn't think about it? We got real problems here. Amen? As if God doesn't know. They're real problems. Huh? He already knows. But it says, be anxious for something. For nothing. Nothing means nothing. But sometimes we feel that this situation calls for a little anxiety. We got to have this. Uh, you know, we feel that. We will feel like it's all right. If somebody says, well, don't be worried about it. It's okay. How can you tell me it's okay? And then we spill out all these things that we believe is going to happen. I can't do this. I can't do this. This is happening and this is happening. And you're telling me it's going to be okay. How is it going to be okay? Guess what's going on? You're taking God out of the picture. You, your problem has become bigger than God. And you can't see anymore that God can do something about the situation. And sometimes we look into our own experience, things that have happened in the past. As if that's the model to go by. What about God? Put the, that equation, whatever happened in the past, put it plus God and see it will change. The result will be different. But the enemy doesn't want us to see that. So God is saying, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And I try, by the grace of God, practices. And I have a lot of things sometimes that come at me real hard from everywhere. Thank God we have a sanctuary here where you can be alone. And no matter how long it takes, I'm looking for my peace. Because the problem is hanging over me and the enemy is telling me how much trouble you're in this time. And I don't know the future. I can't change the future. I don't know what's going to happen. So just to retain my peace, I come in here, uh, you, at home, wherever you can find. And spend that time with God until you get your peace from God and get your joy. Somehow, that thing that you think is so great and is going to kill you or overwhelm you or cause so much trouble, God will just blow it away. Something will happen and it's gone. But the key is we must retain our joy. Be anxious for nothing in everything. If it bothers you, spend time telling God about it. Why do we spend so much time telling our friends about what we're going through? 
and hear them tell you, all they can say is, it's okay. I'm going to be praying for you. Okay? Don't worry. But when you leave, are you worried? You're still worried. Just them telling you, don't worry, it's not going to happen. It's not going to help you. But I guarantee you, if you spend that time telling God, just like you told your friend, I mean sincerely from the heart, you come away from that place feeling much better. Somehow his peace, his supernatural, comes into your heart and guards your heart. That's the strength. That's the strength we're talking about. It's not strength. You can do anything. You can change those circumstances. But when you spend that time with him, he strengthens you. Your heart becomes stronger. The problem is still there, but you're not worried about it. You can go to church and praise God and not worry about what's going on. You just know whatever happens, it doesn't matter. Like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we don't care. We know God is going to take care of us. But even if he's not, I don't care. I will still survive it somehow. God will take care of me. That will be your attitude. You know your God. They that will know your God, they that know your God will do exploits. They will be strong. And they'll do exploit. The strength is the strength of the Lord that comes into your heart that makes you to trust God and you don't care what the enemy is doing. God is faithful. He'll come through for us. So, he says the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So God brings that to you. If you refuse to be anxious about the situation, then the peace of God comes. The situation is still there, but God guards your heart, so you retain your joy. And then you begin to draw from the wells of salvation for your deliverance. But once you go the path of anxiety, then there is really no need to pray. Just forget praying. Is it that you pray or you go the path of anxiety? If you're going to pray, then forget anxiety. Because if you pray and really talk to God about it, just tell him just like you tell your friend about it. Or you tell your wife or your mate, your husband. Describe the situation. You read in scriptures where people have taken a letter written to them, put it before God and say, God, you read. You read about that? Hezekiah did that. Did God read? Oh, yes. And God got mad. I'm going to deal with whoever wrote that letter. (laughs) And dealt with them. So, bring that bill before the Lord. And say, God, look. I am your child. You have said in your word, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not know want. I shall not want. So, what is this there, Lord? How are we going to deal with this matter now? You tell the Lord you are in covenant with him. He is the stronger one of the covenant. Amen. He is really the strong one of the covenant. Lord, I am in covenant with you. I am weak. I am this covenant. You are the strong part. You are the one to take care of that can to help me. Amen. Christianity has got to be practical or it's just a religious thing. We have to Prove these things. God himself said, prove me. Prove me. 
through this is what I've told you. Act on it and prove me and see if I will not act on my own, on my word. So I like to prove God. And I want us to prove the Lord. And he will be fit. That is when we can become strengthened in him. Well, no matter what's happening, our heart is strong. My heart is fixed. So anxiety, we can put that away. The, the fourth thing is discouragement. You know how discouragement comes? When you've tried and tried and tried and nothing seems to give way, still remains the same. So you get discouraged because they tell you, why don't you do it? Well, I've done it before. It doesn't work. It doesn't ever work. And for some people, you tell them, why don't you pray about it? They say, I have already prayed. And they ask you, why is God not answering them? They, guess what he's speaking? They're discouraged. But you know, God warned against discouragement. I tell you what. Once you get discouraged doing the work of God, your assignment is over. God says, that's okay. You're my child. You can come home now. It's over. You remember Elijah? Elijah was discouraged. And he kept telling the Lord, okay, you know, I, I, I alone and left. The others are worshiping Baal. God said, that's not right. I got a thousand of them that have not ever done that. But in his mind, he was the only one. And they were seeking to kill his life. He says, I'm not better than my father's. Just, why, let me die. He was very discouraged. A great man of God. And so God says, okay. Go back and uh, find this Elisha man. Anoint another king and do, give him some assignment. When all that is done, you can come back home. Amen? Wow. <laughs> Elijah fulfilled a double portion of his assignment, I believe. Discouragement. God won't be angry with you. You are his child. But you've stopped the flow of the miracles coming through your life. And God may be through with you. So we need to guard against discouragement. It's still our joy. Um, if you read, and we need to turn to that scripture, um, Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. Verse 7 and verse 8. He said, Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you, do not turn from me to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. He talked about this book of the law. If you read through that chapter several times, God was telling uh, Joshua, be very courageous. In other words, refuse to be discouraged by anything that's coming at you. Just refuse it. And the people also told him, just be very courageous. Let God be with you. Have a good courage. Don't allow yourself to be discouraged. When you get discouraged, you lose your joy. Sometimes in situations like that, you don't even feel like praying. How many have been there? You don't even feel like praying? I have been there. I just, I would rather just lay down than to, no, I don't want to read my Bible, don't want to do anything. 
because you're discouraged. Yes, when that's happening, is Satan just sitting around? No. He's busy trying to steal more from you. To kill. So the thing is, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent ones take it by force. So I'm going to fight back. I'm going to start fighting back. Satan, I'm not going to accept this. I, ref- I refuse to be discouraged. And then I start quoting the scriptures. The Lord is the strength of my life. The Lord is my hiding place. God will take care of me. You speak that in your own private place. And I, I, I say this. This is me, but I'm encouraging you to do that. Say it so you hear it. Say it out loud. Find a place where you can speak it out loud so you can hear yourself saying those words. He, I mean, in an instant, that the fear and everything will leave. And God will strengthen your heart. And that's what the Word of God tells us. God tells us in, um, in Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10, it says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Uh, he will strengthen your heart against the problem so you're not afraid i will strengthen you he said yes i will help you well you're going to help me and then you're going to strengthen me strengthen me for what strengthen you so that you refuse to be discouraged by what's going on there is a way that god is going to make for me in the wilderness if i got to go through the Red Sea, he's going to make a path for me. I refuse to be discouraged. I'm going to stay with God, no matter what's happening. That's when people see miracles, because every other person around you is already discouraged by the situation. But when they see you standing up to it and refusing to be discouraged because you believe in God, when the miracle is taking place, they know you know something that they didn't know. They do. So you stay strong. Because God will not fail. Another thing that will cause discouragement is broken relationships. Broken relationships. That will cause you to lose your joy. Sometimes it's at work. Things happening between you and uh, co-workers. Sometimes it's church. Has happened to you in church? No? Nobody? Well, that's happened to me in church many times. Okay, You think on it, you could lose your joy because you love. Husband and wife situation, same thing. Thing is, as quick as you can, get it resolved. I've said this here before, and I've said it over and over again. In your home, Reduce the level of conflict. Especially when it's spoken words and they're loud. Arguing, hard words. The Holy Spirit cannot inhabit a place like that. And when the Holy Spirit is not there, no joy. No blessing coming to that home. You blocked it. So we must do whatever it takes to bring that level of conflict 
between you, your fellow, your co-worker at home, wherever it is, a church with people. And I've said it here, when I know that I'm going to be having problems, sometimes you have problems with church members, begin to pray for them before you get there. You can already see the sign, so you begin to pray. And when there's conflict, sometimes you don't want to pray at all, you just want to see it. But the only thing that will resolve that thing, sometimes, prayer. Take it to God and see how God can make a path. Sometimes we're in some situations where you really don't know what to do. How many of you have been there? You don't know what to do. You don't know what to say. How am I going to get this result? Maybe you said something. How do you resolve it? How do you heal the pain? What are you going to do? You know you're in trouble. You lost your joy. How, what are you going to do now? First, gain strength from God. He tells you what to do. Amen. And that little thing that you do will resolve the problem. We're all humans. You can't pretend. We all go, we're all in this. And somebody asked me a few years ago when we started the Ark Fellowship. They were in a minivan and we were driving down, mostly ladies. And they asked me, do you, an angel, I ever have a fight? Or I said, what do you mean? You have a quarrel and I have hard words? I said, no, I have died and I've gone to heaven. Basically, I was telling them, if you live with people that you love, you have conflict. It's going to happen. It's just going to happen. Jesus had some with his brothers. You read in the scriptures. They didn't like what he was doing. And they had hard words for him. But he responded kindly. Amen. I like the scriptures. It's so beautiful. If you think about the whole thing, the way Jesus dealt with his brother, he never argued with them. But, you know, Jesus rose from the dead. After he rose from the dead, the Bible says he appeared to James. What James are we talking about? He appeared to Peter, appeared to James. That, I believe that was his brother. And that changed that man's life. We trust God for it. Let me read the scriptures and then we'll close because we're out of time. Philippians 3 verse 1. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord for... Me to write the same things to you is not tedious. I want you to rejoice in the Lord. But for you, it is safe. So if you are not rejoicing in the Lord, you are not safe. That's what he says. You want to read it again? Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same things to you is not tedious. I mean, I'll I'll continue to write it to you. I want you to rejoice in the Lord. But for you, it's not tedious for me to do it. For you, it's safe. When you rejoice in the Lord, you you are safe. If you're not rejoicing, (laughs) you have placed yourself in a safe situation. Philippians 4.4, rejoice in the Lord always. How often? Always. Again, I say, joys. Have that joy of the Lord constantly. Why? Because there is a special work of grace that God does in our lives if we, when we rejoice in Him. And when things are coming to us that we don't understand, we'll find a place to retain our joy. Because as Jesus said, these things have spoken that my joy may remain in them. Amen?
And many want the joy there constantly. Amen. Please stand up with me. That joy helped me to free myself from some of the crazy stuff that I used to do when I got converted. That joy was so great inside of me. Didn't want anything to touch it. It's beautiful. Supernatural joy comes from the Lord. Amen. Let's lift our hands to the Lord. And let me see your joy. I need to see you smile. Let me see some of you. <laughs> yes. Life is too good because we have Jesus. You need to smile. You need to be happy. You know, life is good. You're alive. You're not sick. You're here in the house of God. God will meet every need. Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord your God. Rejoice in the Lord your God. He is your God. Rejoice in Him for the things He can do for your life. Your life. Just rejoice. He is able. Nothing is impossible with Him. Just rejoice in Him. Praise Him. Tell Him you'll trust Him. You will. You refuse to doubt. You refuse to live in unbelief. You know He is good. He is good to you. He loves you. Father, we thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace that is multiplied unto us. You promised never to leave us. You said you would never forsake us. You'll always be there for us. We can never be alone. Never. No matter what's going on in the world. We are not alone. We can never be alone. Because Jesus, the creator of all things, he is with us. We can truly rejoice. Thank you. That you know the number of hands that we have on our head. You care so much. We are safe in you. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. God bless you.